0: Take your Bibles, please, and turn to 1 Peter chapter 3 this morning. 1 Peter chapter 3. For it's only in your will that I am free. We've been working on memorizing a verse of Scripture. It's found in 1 Peter chapter 2. And I trust that this has been an encouragement to you because it tells us a little bit about the will of God. And it reminds us how we are to live our lives in the culture where God has placed us. Peter tells us that we are elect exiles. And as elect exiles we have the responsibility to live in this culture for His honor and His glory according to His will. Let's read or quote this verse. I trust that you're beginning to quote it now. We will begin with the reference and then we will... Do the verse, and then we will end with the reference. You ready? Here we go. 1 Peter 2.15. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. 1 Peter 2.15. Now, the reality of this is that by doing good, we will put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. The best way to put to silence the ignorance of foolish people is is to understand that we are to be a growing loving forgiving community of believers. Growing loving forgiving community. And the best way to be this growing loving forgiving community is to grow up in him. And to continue this process of progressive sanctification. Now growth is tough, isn't it? Growth is hard. Change is difficult. And we must realize that in our lives, progress is one of the most pressing things that we do. Now, this is in any area of our lives, isn't it? I mean, look at this couple. The pastor wants us to smile in church. You know how I hate trying new things. It's true, isn't it? I mean, we are used to coming to church the way we're used to coming to church. And we're used to sitting in church the way we're used to sitting in church. And we're used to thinking what we're thinking, church. But the reality is progressive sanctification, a growth process, is to be part of our lives. Let me stop right here and ask you, are you growing in your relationship with Jesus Christ? We talk a lot about next spiritual steps. When was the last time you took a spiritual step in your relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ? Progressive sanctification. To be part of our lives. Are you in 1 Peter chapter 3? Let me begin with verse 8, please, and I will read down through verse 12. Finally, finally, All of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reveling for reveling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking evil. Deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. And his ears are open to their prayers. But the face, the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Growing up. Peter gives to us six steps. Six steps that we need to take if we are to grow up in him as elect exiles. Six steps that allow us to know what God has for our lives. And the first step is to get along in him. To understand that we are a family and we have the responsibility of recognizing each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. You know we're all on the same team. We're all part of the family. We all press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We all have Jesus Christ as our head. Amen. Amen. We have the Bible as our guidebook. We ought to be together in this thing. But it's amazing how we can get out of sync. Keep your finger here in 1 Peter chapter 3 and turn back to Philippians please. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, Paul writes, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Stop right there, will you please? You see what Paul says? He said, if this is a valuable relationship, if we are to live out the design that God has intended us to have, then we need to have the same mind, the same love, being a full card and of one mind. We need to think about the things that keep us together rather than the things that drive us apart. You got that? We need to think about the things that bring us together rather than the things that drive us apart. Now, what happens when something happens that we don't like? That ever happened in your life? You ever get a little sliver and it just irritates you? And you know you ought to put peroxide on it and that stings? Well, there are a lot of slivers in life, and what happens when that happens? Verse 3. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only on his own interests, because that's what we're going to do, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which was yours in Christ Jesus, who, and then he tells us what Christ's mind is like. When you get a little sliver, when something bothers you, when you struggle, don't look at the sliver, because that's your interests. Look on other people. I am thankful for the variety of demographic we have here at Calvary Baptist Church, aren't you? It's good to see old folks. I'm becoming one. I signed up for Medicare two weeks ago. Yippee! Now some of you have been on Medicare for a long, long time. I want to know how it's working out for you. Good to see some middle aged folks. Good to see some millennial folks. Does it come to a surprise you that not all of these folks like the same kind of music? Now, for some of you, that's a revelation. Because as far as you're concerned, your music, the only kind of music that ever existed, glorified God. I mean, after all, your music was written by the Apostle Paul. (laughs) Sometimes when I pause like that, I'm trying to think whether or not I'd go down this road or not. (laughs) Ah, why not? Every once in a while, I get an anonymous note. I love anonymous notes. What do you do with them? I mean, really. What do you do with an anonymous note? You pray about it, maybe. But you don't know what to do with it. You don't know who to contact. You don't know where to go. You don't, you don't know, all right? And this anonymous note, and I have no clue. I have no clue. So if you wrote it, I have no clue. Just ask the question, what happened to the old hymns? I didn't know they'd gone anyplace. Look not on your own interests. On the interests of others. You know, there are some folks here who like the old hymns, that's great. We had some this morning. We'll have one at the end of this service. There are some people who like other styles of music. That's great. But if we're gonna get along the other, we cannot be myopic, single-focused on our own desires. And dislikes and likes. Grow up! Because if Christ was that way, he'd never gone to the cross. And aren't you thankful he did? And Peter told us that we are to follow in his steps. To be like Jesus, to be like Jesus. My desire to be like him all through life's journey from earth to glory. My desire to be like him. How do you do that? It's not about me, it's not about my likes, it's about who he is. Amen? Back to 1 Peter chapter 3. Not only are we to get along, we're also to make sure that we reject repaying evil. For evil. You see, our, our tendency is not to get mad, to get even. I don't get mad. <laughs> I just get even. And when you make me mad, I'm thinking of ways to get even. Don't repay evil for evil. Why? Because Jesus didn't. We won't take the time, but we could jump back to chapter 2 where it says when Jesus was reviled he didn't revile again when he was unjustly treated he did not condemn those who were treating him unjustly remember what he said on the cross his first words father forgive them for they don't know what they're doing and in our relationships we need to make sure that we are following in his steps. All right, get along in Christ, reject repaying evil for evil. offer a blessing our text. The end of verse 9. but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. Many times we use blessing as a backhanded slap. Oh, bless your heart. (laughs) That's kind of a southern saying, isn't it? And it is not intended to be a compliment. Or we'll say, oh, bless you. But here, the word blessing is the word from which we get our word eulogy. You ever been to a funeral where people have spoken about the deceased? Do you ever hear an unkind word? Why not? No place for it at a funeral, right? Now the guy may have been a dirty, rotten scoundrel. But you're not going to say that at his funeral. Eulogies... Compliment the individual. Eulogies, look at all the good points of the individual. Eulogies are those which are spoken with delight and commendation and elegance. My mom used to say, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything. Did your mom tell you that? I think they got it from the same parenting book. Because we used to tell our kids the same thing. Christians. We are told that we are to offer a blessing because that's what we've been called to do. Jesus said, bless those who curse you. We are to follow in the steps of Jesus when he didn't revile. If we're going to get a blessing, we must be a blessing. Right? Why? Because that's what we've been called to do. Do you remember what Peter has told us we've been called to do? First Peter chapter 1 verse 15 says we've been called to be holy. Because He is holy. In chapter 2 verse 19... We're told that we are called out of darkness into His marvelous light. And here in chapter 3, we're told that we've been called to be a blessing. That's what God intends from your life and my life. To be a blessing to somebody. To encourage somebody. How many of you were discouraged with life this past week? None of you. Boy, you had a different week than I had. We've been called to be a blessing. And if we are going to live out that calling, we need to bless one another, eulogize over one another with delight and commendation. We are a blessed people, are we not? And if we are a blessed people, Should we not give others a blessing? Spurgeon said this in his commentary. We cannot wash off dirt with dirt or cure evil by evil. Let us not try to do so. Reject repaying evil for evil. If we are indeed believers, we are blessed. And we are yet to be more blessed. Therefore, let us bless others. And it doesn't take much, folks. It really doesn't. But that is a growth process in our lives. Peter now moves to help us understand how we are to live this out. And he quotes from Psalm 34. Psalm 34 is David's psalm where he says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen? Amen. Peter has told us about that in 1 Peter chapter 2 where he says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby, if so be ye have tasted, the Lord is gracious. We started our service today by saying God is good. All the time. time. And how do you know that? You know that because you've experienced in your life. You've tasted it. You understand how good God is is. And so in our lives we need to express that. And Peter tells us exactly how to do that. And the reason we need to do that is because it's beneficial for you and for me. Verse 10. For whoever desires to love life Know anybody like that? Whoever desires to see good days. You know anybody like that? I get up in the morning and I'm looking forward to a good day because I'm vertical. I am so thankful that God gives me another day, right? This is the day that the Lord hath made. Let's rejoice and be glad in in it and whoo, let's go you desire that? Do you want to see life evidenced in your circumstances in a, in a positive way? Well, Peter tells us how to do that. By quoting the psalmist, he says, Let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. He talks about our mouths, and then he talks about our manner. I don't know about you, but my mouth has gotten me in more trouble than anything else in my life. Now, maybe it's because most of my mouth problems are done publicly. And that's just a vocational challenge but peter begins by saying let him keep his tongue from evil the secret keep your tongue from evil and keep your lips from speaking deceit wow Now, how do we do that? We do that with good communication. Turn back to Ephesians chapter 4, will you please? For some of you, this is a review. But Paul gives to us the four rules of communication here in Ephesians chapter 4, and I think it's a good review for us. Verse 25. Write these down. Wherefore, every time there's a wherefore, you want to see what it's there for, right? Because we have put off the old man, which is corrupt, verse 22, been renewed in the spirit of our minds and put on the new man, which is after God is created, because we're different, new creatures in Christ Jesus. Wherefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice, and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Four rules of communication. Let me give you first one. Tell the truth. Did you read it there in verse 25? Having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. Proper communication begins with truth. Now, something about truth. If we are to speak the truth, number one, we have to have all the facts. Have to have all the facts. Sometimes we don't have all the facts. Someone said to me this morning, And I'm thankful they said this because it's a good illustration. Somebody said to me this morning, oh, you didn't come to Pastor Spencer's birthday party yesterday. I said, yeah, I was there. We didn't come until later in the day. The truth was, we weren't there when that person was there. Which is fine. No big deal. No problem. It's not a negative thing. But the reality is, sometimes we don't have all the facts. Right? That's all. So ask a question if you don't understand. Hey, were you at Pastor Spencer's birthday party yesterday? I'm sorry I missed you. I'm sorry I missed those folks too, because it had been good to fellowship and share together. It's okay. But get all the facts. Number two, you have to see those facts from another person's perspective. Dave Eubank is an official for a number of sports. Dave, question for you. Have you ever been yelled at for making a call? (laughs) Dave said, not in the last 24 hours. I used to do a lot of basketball officiating when I was in Indiana. Remember Bobby Knight? They... they, (laughs) Bobby Knight was not known for his um, calm demeanor. They used to have Bobby Knight furniture sales. Buy a couch and we'll throw in a chair. (laughs) Because Bobby Knight would throw a chair onto the court every once in a while. I knew the rules. I was impartial. I got in the best position I could to make the call. And inevitably, when I would make a call, somebody wouldn't see it my way. Now, I figured something out. There are 360 different ways to see what I saw. And they were looking at it from a different perspective. Now, sometimes it was a heart perspective rather than an eye perspective. Because they were biased. They were homers or awayers or whatever it was. But if you're going to tell the truth you better get all the facts and you must understand somebody may be seeing it from just a different perspective and that's okay but understand that number two always keep current did you see that in the text be angry and do not sin verse 26 do not let the sun go down in your anger and give no opportunity for the devil The best time to deal with issues is as soon as you can when they take place. Keep current. Deal with it and get it gone. It's okay. Anybody in here never make a mistake? We make mistakes, right? We struggle with life, right? It's okay. But deal with it if it's a problem. Why? Because Satan will use it in your life he will use it, and he will put a wedge there if you're not careful. L, love the person. Love the person. Verse 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to edifying that it may minister grace to the hearers. I just quoted it in King James. Love the person. Have their best interest at heart. Told somebody this morning, I said, you know, if there's ever a problem, I'm going to come up to you and put my arms around you. I'm going to do that for two reasons. One, I want you to know that I care about you, and two, I don't want you to have a full swing. <laughs> hmm? Love the person, have their best interest at heart. I am so glad that very few people asked me about the Ohio State game last night. <laughs> Most of you just loved me to death. And the person that did, did it with a smile on their face. And the honesty is, I don't even know what the final score is, because I went to bed before it was over. But it was over before it was over. Love the person. But that which is good to use for edifying... That it may minister grace to the hearer. And number four. Okay. Keep your cool. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor. Got that in verse 31? Be put away from you with all malice. And be kind. We're talking about blessing people. Be kind. One to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God For Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. You know why? Because God forgave you a whole lot more than this person ever did to offend you. Right? Now, we jumped over verse 28. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Question, when is a thief not a thief? Now, many would say when he's not stealing, and I would say he's just unemployed. (laughs) A thief is not a thief when he's working honestly with his hands. The text says, why? So that he can have something to give to those who have need. What's that got to do with communication? Just this, talks cheap. Real easy for me to, to make a promise or to make a, a response. And unless I follow through, it doesn't mean much. Bless! Whoever desires life, bless. And be careful, little mouth, what you say. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Oh, be careful. Little mouth what you say. Back to 1 Peter chapter 3, please. Let him keep his tongue from evil, his lips from speaking deceit. Verse 11, let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Stop doing bad and do good. James puts it this way. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil. Draw near to God. And he will flee from you. And then Peter says, Seek peace and pursue it. With all your heart. Seek peace. Get along. Grow up. Pursue it. Run after it. Run toward it. Run to obtain it. Pursue it. Why? For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Whoever desires to love life, keep your tongue, watch your lips, turn away from evil, seek peace. The kind of things I want in my life. and understand something. Verse 13, I'm sorry, verse 11. Verse 12. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Peter uses an anthropomorphism. Giving God qualities so that we can understand. Jesus used to talk in parables. Remember that? Now a parable is a earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Something we can identify with. Something we can understand. But to turn us and help us recognize a deeper truth. It's a parable. Here Peter helps us understand something about God. And he uses eyes and ears and face to help us recognize something first of all he talks about eyes the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous now stop right there you know the good news is God knows everything that's going on in your life that's good news Because our Heavenly Father knows what we have need of even before we ask Him. He understands your situation. He understands your circumstances. He understands your struggles. He understands your joys. He understands your defeats. God's eyes are upon you and you can never escape them. Amen? Isn't that good news? The psalmist put it this way. Where can I go from your spirit? For where can I flee from your presence? If I send to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall upon me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide me from you, but the night shines as day, the darkness and the light are both alike to you. God is good all the time because he sees exactly what's going on in your life and mine. Jesus said, God notices the sparrows that fall. Huh? Aren't you more valuable than a sparrow? Jesus said, God knows the number of hair on your head. And if God cares about that detail in our lives, I often wonder if God had a hair book someplace. Townsend, number of hairs. Vern, smaller number of hairs. (laughs) If God cares about that detail... Doesn't he care about you and your life? I want you to go home with that truth today. And I want you to understand that the eyes of the Lord are upon you and nothing escapes his notice no matter what it is. You're out of work? God knows. Got a rent payment due? God knows. Got a sickness in your life? God knows. Got a struggle you didn't plan on? God knows. Got something you're wrestling with in our culture? God knows. Why? Because His eyes are upon you, just like they're upon me. Every once in a while, somebody will say something to me. Did you see this or that? And a lot of times I didn't. God does. I can only look so many places at one time. Not God got it all covered. Can you imagine what kind of official god would be? <laughs> and then Peter gives to us a prayer. And his ears are open to their prayer. <laughs> but his face against those who do evil. His ears are open You have not because you ask not. James tells us that. Call unto me, Jeremiah tells us. And God will show us great mighty things which we know not. Wow. Prayer. God hears. And God answers. And his face is against those who do evil. <laughs> we started this by saying we don't get mad, we get evil, right? Reject, repaying evil for evil. Romans tells us, God says vengeance is mine. I'll take care of it. We don't have to worry about that. God does. You don't it. But he also knows how to deliver the righteous from evil. So how do we grow up in Him? (laughs) There it is. We get along in Christ. We reject repaying evil for evil. We offer a blessing. Whoever desires to love life, let him. Understand the eyes of God are upon us. Right now He sees you and what you're doing. And we never escape His notice in our prairies <laughs> he'll hear us because he understands